Hello, everybody. Welcome to Water Wine Time with Megan Weaver. Love, life, and entertainment. I have Jovan Warren in the house. <laughs> hey, we're already like starting off on a good note because we're joking because that's how it happens sometimes. And we are drinking wine, and you said wine or champagne, and I was in the mood for Stella Rosa. Did you take a sip yet? Yes, I did, definitely. Okay, do you like it? Great. Okay, because I haven't even taken a sip yet, but I know I, uh, I've had it like months ago, maybe a year ago. It's a peach, Stella Rosa, and I like Stella Rosa. So, are you a fan of it? Never really had it, to be honest. Like, oh. No. Well, there we go. Welcome to the world of Stella Rosa. <laughs> Stella Rosa Peach. There we go. Because they have other kinds, but I was feeling peachy, you know. So, cheers. Oh, yes. Look at He's already sipping. Didn't even <laughs> cheers yet. Didn't even, like, let me have a sip to join in and just said, I'm going to just drink up. But you know what? Hey, good. <laughs> That's fine. I, I approve that message. You're my guest. So, you can have as many sips before I do. All That's right. completely fine. So just to let you guys know the things that he does, he's an, um, an actor, you're a producer, you're a casting director, you're an entrepreneur, you also have some other projects that we're going to talk about towards the end that we mentioned about, like the cars and all that. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about that towards the end. Yep. But he, if you want to experience the new wave of movies, you're on it. Like, I just experienced this thing and I actually jumped a little bit and I was shocked at myself for jumping considering I'm watching a video of a virtual experience on your phone. And I jumped and I was like, why am I jumping? Like, <laughs> I'm like, I know that it's not happening to me right now. And I still jumped at the end. So I was like, okay, don't judge me. Don't laugh. <laughs> not at all. But uh, it's for don't breathe and tell us like, what was that experience like? And just what is the experience? Um, basically uh, the film is called don't breathe, which does uh, air actually tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Uh, our company basically um, signed on to create a 360 virtual experience. And actually, uh, it's been uploaded on Snapchat as well. And pretty much uh, we're the first to actually release this uh, to the public. Um, if you go to my uh, Facebook page, uh, also on our Instagram uh, through Invincible Group, uh, we have the links uh, posted on there. And you can basically click on this link. It's going to allow you to be able to see what we shot. And it's pretty much a reenactment of a particular part on the the film itself. And you get to actually put God, well, hmm, how do I say this? Because the, the best way to put it is you need to put your phone in front of your face, horizontal, <laughs> and stand to actually get the full experience. And when I say you have to fully move your camera around, move your phone up and down. You can see like the ceiling, the floor, the actors moving around, shots being fired. I mean, it's a whole experience. I mean, we're really changing the game here. But at the same time, uh, of course, Hollywood is still trying to figure out where to put this technology. But um, use it uh, with Sony. I mean, it's pretty much a big opportunity for us. Mm-hmm. Do you think this is, could be like a new wave or something that you know could exist in the future, like your experience for movies? Like go into the theater and... You buy your movie ticket instead of 3D or having a, you know, that kind of experience that this experience would be available? I think that uh, it's definitely something that the industry is moving toward. It's just a, a matter of, like I said, just trying to figure out where it fits best. You know, uh, would you walk into a theater and have to put on goggles to see an actual experience? But then at the same time, you would need the space that allows you to be able to turn your body to get that full experience. You know, Mm -hmm. because most of the time when you have a VR experience, you're you're, you're in motion, you're moving. You know, the only difference is you're not actually seeing what's reality. You're just kind of seeing what's through these 
God was in front of you and they're giving you an experience. Mm -hmm. Where do you think the direction, because technology and just entertainment is changing so often. Uh, where do you see the entertainment or just movie watching experience going in the future? Hmm, that's a good question. I mean, for me, it just seems like uh, a lot of it actually is replaying uh, films in the past. Mm -hmm. uh, they're definitely recreating what we've already seen, mm -hmm. of course. They're just trying to uh, create new experiences. And, and of course, you know, a lot of these companies are pretty much just buying the contracts out for these older films that you, you know you love and they're, they're changing them for me personally like i'm not a big fan of change when it comes <laughs> down to my favorite movies mm -hmm. but i mean i'm not against it i mean because i mean you have to move forward I mean, if you get stuck in the past then i mean you never be have the opportunity to move forward in life what do you think is a good film that would be done to remake now to make it more i don't know modern like would you touch any classics or uh, me personally, uh, that's funny you say that because my mother's favorite movie is actually Wizard of Oz. Mm -hmm. And when they kind of remade that uh, film, I told her about it. She was totally against it. And for me, it would be to recreate the Wizard of Oz for her personally, mm -hmm. you know, uh, and actually uh, give you a full experience. I would like to use a 360 um, experience as well in a virtual world. I mean, because that particular world, uh, it calls for an experience like that. Mm -hmm. Now, how was working? Was this the first project that you worked on that was a virtual uh, experience for this particular film, Don't Breathe? Or have you done something similar with another film? No, this was the first of its kind. Mm -hmm. uh, actually, the technology wasn't even released when we pr pretty much shot this. We shot this earlier this summer, and a company... I can't say the name, of course, but mm -hmm. a company, uh, they provided the camera for us. Uh, it's a technology that was started in China. Mm -hmm. And now, domestically, we're trying to figure out where to put this technology. There's hundreds of t different types of uh, prototypes out there, but uh, we had the only one. So China's on it. Exactly. <laughs> so we need to step the, step step the game up, up. Step the step game game up here. Up. China is doing what they need to be doing. Yes. So we need to figure out, we need to send some people over to China so do that. Work on that. I'm trying. trying. So, it's in the so, work. Yeah. It's in the work. So Get it. Work on that. Work. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good to know. Good to know. <laughs> but how was that weekend where you uh, were working with this experience and it actually, you know, went out? How was that experience for you? That experience was quite interesting. I, I would say that we definitely uh, effectively got everything that we needed, mm -hmm. but literally we had no rehearsal day. Mm -hmm. We did everything in one day. I mean, it, and it was it was perfect, uh, and it was the greatest set I would say ever. Because honestly, with a closed set like that and the amount of characters that that we needed, um, it was nobody needed to be on set. Everybody pretty much could be like at our base camp the mm -hmm. entire time. Mm -hmm. Only time that we all saw each other was pretty much at lunch to eat, of course. Yeah. You know, but outside of that, I mean. It was a pretty easy experience, I, I, and the camera itself is probably no bigger than about a baseball. Oh, yeah. Okay. It's no bigger yeah. than a baseball, mm -hmm. but it has the power of a red camera. Yeah. <laughs> I would say, you know? It's like, how do you fit so many intricate details yes. in such a small camera? But they do it. It happens. Mm -hmm. Now, how did you feel? Because you went through the experience as well, right? Mm -hmm. yes. Okay. Did you jump? Did you scream? I didn't jump and scream. I'm not. You kept uh, it cool. I'm not a jumpy, scary <laughs> type of person. Uh huh. Like, I'm your person where, like, if you try and scare me, I'd be like, okay, uh, was that it? Like, all right. 
I'm gonna try that again. <laughs> you said you know? go back, try it again. Yeah, but I, I do think that for you know audiences that would see this, it would definitely catch them off guard. Mm-hmm. You know, because you don't know what you're walking into. Uh, naturally, when I tell people uh, it's a 360 virtual experience, they're thinking like, oh, okay, like it's something that I just sit and just watch. Mm-hmm. They don't think that it's an experience where you can move your actual device and it feels like you're there. You know, mm-hmm. and I think that's what catches people off guard and it takes them out of reality and they think in their mind is telling them that I'm physically here. It's like a dream. It's like one of those dreams that you have and you wake up and like and you're like sweating and like to you you felt like, Oh, like was this real? It like, was it real. felt real. Yeah. You know, it's the same thing. Yeah. So it's fine, this just a little tangent for you, but um I remember it was actually I had a dream. And I was really, I, I don't know what it is, but I've been having dreams. I'm in the hood. So, and it's like, I'm trying to escape getting out. So hopefully I can figure this out why I'm having these crazy dreams. But I woke up and I thought I was still there. And I like punched my fiance in the chest. <laughs> I punched him in the chest. No. I did. And I woke up. And of course he woke up and was like, did you just punch me? Yeah. And I was like, did I just punch you? <laughs> But it was like, I, maybe that was like a virtual, it was like a dream, and okay, I thought okay. it was real. Uh-huh. So I've had that experience. Today. Wow, I've never heard but I didn't punch him in the face. So you said you punched him in the face. I didn't punch him in the face, his chest. Okay. Um, okay. <laughs> I wasn't right. up high, I was kind of okay. low, I was right. low, I was low. Right. But yeah, I didn't, I don't think I hurt him that bad. Okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> all right, make sure. Yeah, no, he's okay, he's okay, we're still, we're good. He didn't press charges, right? No, he okay. didn't press charges, yeah, so we're good, <laughs> I'm free, so I don't have any criminal charges against me. Right. But yeah, so I know, for me, I get scared, mm-hmm. so, um, hence, like I said earlier, I jumped a little bit watching the video, and I'm not even there. But uh, you said you kept it cool. You know, it takes a lot to scare you, but for some others, then might be a little bit more interesting for them. I personally would think because it's virtual virtual reality and then you said experience, sometimes I think that word could mean that there's something else. Do you know what I mean? Like yes. it's it's more of an interactive. Yes. Or if someone says 3D, then I'm like, okay, it's just 3D. Exactly. But if you're like a virtual reality experience, so now I'm thinking, I'm going to experience something. Like it's different. Yeah, you're right. And I mean, at the, at the same time, like, if you're able to have the VR goggles to actually place your phone within the goggles, there's like a actual button you can press that allow you to, to separate. Because when you look at it on your phone, it's pretty much you're just watching a video. It makes it mm-hmm. feel like you just have to watch it. Mm-hmm. When you put it inside the goggles, it, pr- it pretty much allows your phone to be able to focus on just that. So in real life, if you're just you know you're just waking up, you see what's in front of you. Mm-hmm. You know, same thing. When you put those goggles on, it's kind of like you just open your eyes for the first time as soon as mm-hmm. they hit play. Mm-hmm. And it's like you're there. You can't see anything outside of those goggles. So you're there, and it's weird because it's like, oh, I just turned, oh, did, did that just move with me? Oh, hold on, is this? Yeah. You know, and then next thing you know, you hear the shots fire, and you're like, whoa, like, it makes you feel, I mean, it gives you that experience. It tells your mind that you're really there, mm-hmm. which makes you feel like you're really there. Mm-hmm. And now when you take that off, it's like, okay. All right, did that just happen? Then you have to check. You have to look around and see, is there someone with a gun around me? Let me make sure. Do I need to duck? (laughs) Do I need to run? Okay. But, yeah, that's so true. Now, this has been definitely, I feel like, a a different experience for you to go through this process. But what has been uh, a project or something that you've worked on that you're most proud of? Personally, right now, I would say that it's, project I'm currently working on now mm-hmm. um, I'm developing I consider myself to be a gentleman okay like 
to the T. Seven mm-hmm. gentlemen. Uh, I pretty much came up with the concept to where I want to develop a uh, a magazine slash calendar lookbook that focuses on men's upscale attire, but also reminding the average uh, man today what it takes to be a gentleman in today's society, but also teaching the younger generation about you know etiquette, you know how to treat a lady, you know how to you know dress in, in public for certain you know occasions. You know these are things that most kids these days. Uh, grow up not even knowing because they don't have a father there to teach them these things or maybe they never have to put on a suit or even have to dress up or have to go to fancier events whatever the case may be i know everybody's different but these are just things as a man you should just know Mm -hmm. and you should be taught Mm -hmm. so you know i'm trying to create this whole experience and i'm using upscale cars which you'll see on a lot of my uh, social media, I have mm-hmm. a lot of, you know, different cars on Yeah, there. I saw that. I was yeah. like, okay, I like yeah. that car. Yeah. Okay, and, and that so, one. <laughs> yeah, and, and to me, it's like, it's a great experience, too, because I was just, you know, speaking, you know, with a colleague of mine I really trust, and, you know, to me, I get that. I get to get out of my system. Oh, I drove the Lamborghini. Oh, I drove the Ferrari, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's like, after driving, it's just like, okay, it's just a car. And, of course, at the end of the day, you're always thinking, like, this is just a car, of course. But mm-hmm. when you get behind that, it's like, oh, am I really driving this? I never thought that I would be behind this wheel. Mm-hmm. You know, so just getting that experience, but also being able to share that experience with the younger generation to know that, okay, you don't have to be a billionaire or millionaire to actually accomplish this. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of it is just who you know or your connections. Or I, I'm a type of person where I like to help the next, mm-hmm. you know. And I, and I really... Yeah, going kind of off subject there but it just pretty much hurts me and just gets my when i moved here to la it was just like everybody was for themselves mm-hmm. you know and, and it's a shame mm-hmm. I, I, I really think it's a shame so a lot of people tell me like oh i can hear that little twang in your voice there like mm-hmm. but you know it's like it's not la it's not but it's not like it's like really really country it's like I was like, well, I'm from Charlotte, North Carolina. They're like, oh, okay, okay. I knew it was something in there. Like, but they're like, don't lose it, though, because like, I like it. It makes you different. Yeah. I'm like, I mean, okay. I mean, I'm not trying to be anybody different. But yeah, I'm trying to be yourself. Like, all you're doing is being yourself. Exactly. I'm doing is being myself. Now, tell me, what was, <laughs> speaking of North Carolina, my fiance just walked in from North Carolina. <clears throat> this is all his equipment. We talked about that earlier. Oh, <laughs> They're having a North Carolina moment, and that's all his equipment over there. You guys can't see it, but it's over there. It's in our living room. Um, yeah, so let's talk about your move out here. So when you moved out to L.A., you know, obviously it's a different, much different than North Carolina. Yes. What was your game plan and your approach when you came out here to take over or to be in this business? You know, that's, that's a real touchy, deep subject because it, it kind of shaped me for where I'm here at now. Uh when I was in Virginia, actually, at the time, because I, I had moved from North Carolina to Virginia, mm-hmm. and for me, like, like I said, I left Virginia behind. I even left, you know, all family, friends, and everything behind, but I had already planned for that moment, and it was weird because I planned within a year I was going to move out there because I had already been making the um, necessary um, plans and just packing up everything slowly but surely, selling things that I didn't need, and I reached out to a friend of mine that was um, in college with me. And I reached out to him 
just to ask him how he made his move because he made it from North Carolina as well. And I, I never even knew he was out there. Mm. I reached out to him and like the conversation like completely went not even south, like it went north in a good way. Mm. Uh, but he pretty much said to me, I don't, hey, how's it going? You know, I, I didn't even know you were trying to come out here. Hey, you know what? Why don't you come out here? Stay with me. And I was like, stay with you? Like, huh? Whoa. Like, I had already planned to get my own place and everything. So, I mean, I knew him from college. He was cool people. So, you know, I agreed to do that. When I came out here, though, the area that he was in was completely different from what I was used to. So, I was mm. like, okay, maybe this is just, you know, where we're meeting. You know, like, <laughs> was just, maybe this is just, and it was this where he know, lived. This is where he lived. Oh, and you thought, and, oh, we just. I was just completely yeah. just like, okay, all right, you know. And I mean, at the time, you know, I had um, my moms and pops come out. You know, they just wanted to make sure, you know, everything was secure. And they also wanted me to meet their families and friends to let them know, like, hey, you know, my son is out here too, whatever. Like, you know, he may try to reach out. You guys can reach out to him. Just somebody else that you know that's a friendly face, you know. That was the point of them coming out. But going through that experience with him, and I planned on moving out six months, maybe just a year tops, you know, mm-hmm. maybe just six months. Uh, his family came in, and long story short, like, I'm telling them, like, hey, I'm not trying to be here forever, and I appreciate him allowing me to stay here. I did pay for myself to actually be there, you know, without him even asking. And then we got into it. Mm. Like a argument or like physical a of, altercation? A little bit of both. <clears throat> a little bit of both. Uh, that particular night after uh, we hung out with this family, this was probably about my first month here. Yeah, my first month here. Approaching like my second month. When I arrived here, this was August 2014. Mm. Yeah. This is like September time frame. And he came in and he's like, well, well hey, did you pretty much man he's like hey how, how could you do this to me how could you I'm like what do you mean what are you talking about you told my family that you know you weren't trying to stay here you're trying to move and all this and that I was like dude like I mean we're grown men like mm-hmm. you know like we're not gonna be like roommating for the rest of our life like you know like you're gonna have family I'm gonna have a family or I don't know what you're gonna do but I mean we're gonna move up and move move out and um, he wanted to move next door to our location. I only had one car parking space, two people. You know, and I explained to him over and over, like, dude, since I've been out here, I've had five tickets. This is my first month. My car has been towed twice. Mm-hmm. You know, at times, <laughs> like, you know, i got to sleep in my car because I'm afraid I'm working so hard that by the time I get home, I can't find any parking. So to park, you know, literally, what, 11 blocks away just to get some parking? And then come all the way home and sleep. And I got to wake up, try and wake up. And then bust my butt all the way 11 blocks to go and try and move my car mm. at 7 in the morning. Like, that's a lot. You know? Like, and you want to move next door? It's only got one car parking space. And, like, it was it was just a it was just a mess. You know, like, and apparently, like, he ended up uh, putting a deposit down on the next door. He never even told me. Like, but I didn't get upset about it. And then he got all upset and everything. So it started making me feel uncomfortable. Like, okay, this guy's going to kick me out. Mm-hmm. You know, and he ended up, like, literally, like, just straight pushing me out of anger. And I just stopped. I was like, really? Like, you're going you're gonna to push me? Like, for real? Like, I was like, at that point, like, 
it was crazy because I was like looking at this like TV hat right there, and like I wanted mm-hmm. to throw that. Yeah. Like, just because I'm like, I can't believe he just put his hands on me. But you want us to move in together, but you just put your hands on me. Uh, so after that, he pretty much went out, cleared some steam. Uh, he didn't even come back the next day. I pretty much called in uh, some family friends of my, of my mom's. And I explained to them the story, and like literally, they came and got me up out of there, you know, mm. just because of the fact that I don't know what, what was going to happen from there. Uh, so I stayed with them for a little while. Actually, uh, they had a pretty big house over in Inglewood area, and that pretty much I would say started my my journey because I'm like, man, like I'm not used to this type of living, like having to live with somebody, or you know, not being in a familiar setting. Like this just feels really awkward and weird for me personally mm-hmm. uh, at this time I came out here strictly for uh, like the modeling and film industry actually because I've done a lot of film and modeling and acting uh, on the east coast and when I came here I, I had a pretty good run for about three months and after that it was just dry mm-hmm. and, and I sat I prayed you know, to God and just letting know, like, man, what is going on? Why am I not booking anything? I was talking to a friend of mine that I met out here, and basically they were just telling me that at the end of the day, it's, in L.A., it's about who you know, and, you know, what, what have you done here? Mm-hmm. I even went to an interview, and they literally told me, well, uh, who do you know? What have you done here? I was like, well, I mean, I haven't done anything in L.A. primarily that, I mean, I can, like, brag about, and pretty much that job, was given to like a family member or a friend i noticed that just keeps happening over and over again i'm like man like i gotta think goes back to the drawing boards like what am i gonna do uh so you know i started like pretty much pan and like just doing odd and end jobs here and there that i just really wasn't used to i mean i have a degree and a master so i'm just like you know but at the same time i came out here for a purpose mm-hmm. and I, I just can't just give up you know, and, you know, God's not just going to just give it to you. You know, you you have to earn it. You know, you have to walk that path. So, after that, I ended up reaching out to a friend of mine that I seen. Like, it was just weird because they used to be, like, a model actor, and they were, like, producing. Now, I was like, okay. Like, so I just reached out to them, like, mm-hmm. on, like, Instagram, and, like, they just hit me back. And the next thing you know, like, hey, give me a call. So I'm like, what? Okay, all right. So I give them a call and everything, and I'm explaining to them. Like, cause at this point, I pretty much found what I really, really wanted to do. I mean, I had been producing. I did some castings and stuff on the East Coast. But I knew that 100%, like, my calling is 100% producing, no matter what. Mm-hmm. Like, I enjoy it. Because, honestly, with a lot of things with me, like, I get bored easily. And producing was that one thing I can just pretty much go to each project and it's something fresh. It's a new challenge every single time. And I enjoy mm-hmm. the challenge. I enjoy, you know, accomplishing and tackling, you know, um, any and everything that I set my mind out to do. So, I would just say that story could go on and on. But yeah. that's, that's pretty much where it all started. And I pretty much started working. And he mentored me as well. To where, like, I met a lot of people on different sets and really started really growing from there. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people started seeing me and seeing what I, I'm capable of doing, and it really helped me along the way. I mean, of course, we still have our struggles, but at the end of the day, like, that just, it fueled me in so many different ways. 
and even going back home, they're like, man, you're not the same person anymore. Like, and I, you know, sometimes just having a conversation with my mom, just like, hey, well, did you do this? Did you do that? Like, how about that? Did you try that? Well, you should research this. She's like, whoa, like, I mean, mom, like, you know, what, like, <laughs> slow down. Like, you know, I'm like, I can't help it. That's just how my mind starts thinking. So mm-hmm. that's my journey there. And it's still climbing, still growing. Um, I'm just blessed. Yeah. yeah. I'm blessed. So you're... The person that you mentioned who was a model and actress or actor and then transitioned to producing, is that when you started to have that shift and realize, oh my gosh, when did that passion for producing kick in for you? It it pretty much kicked in when I'm going to auditions for acting and modeling over and over and I'm just watching the process of the people behind the scenes. You know, just and also just working behind the scenes and just knowing uh, film development and the process of that. And honestly, like, I'm not a person that likes, you know, being ordered around. Like, and I don't like, like, ordering people around either. Like, but I like to have control and know what's going on. Mm-hmm. And producing was that one thing. I'm like, okay, I want to be in the film industry. Like, I want to be in the industry in general no matter what it involves. But the producers are the ones who pretty much make the shots, make the calls, you know, and at the same time, like, if I want to be in a project, I can put myself in if I want to mm-hmm. at the same time, so mm-hmm. it was just like, that was my calling there automatically, and it was weird because uh, my cousin, who is a, you know, an actor out here, I mean, he's been in 17 commercials to date, Quan um, Richmond, mm-hmm. uh, you know, he would ask me, like, because he wants to get into producing, like, he would ask me, like, hey, so what you doing that, like, you know, mm-hmm. how, what's that about, you know? Cause they know the game too, mm-hmm. you know. So, but a lot of people just can't pretty much handle, you know, producing or all it entails. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because with producing, you know, hopefully for people that have been listening to my interviews and stuff with uh, other producers, it's it's not an easy task. It's not, you know, for actors. I mean, granted, I don't think any role or ever, anything that you're playing or your job in the entertainment business is necessarily easy. Yep. It's not. It has its difference of uh, difficulties. It has its challenges. But, you know, producing, you're wearing a lot of hats. Mm-hmm. And it's a bigger role and response and weight on your shoulders. I think that's what it is. Mm-hmm. With producers, it does go down to you. Yeah. You know, for actors and actresses, you know, you deliver your part. But the success of the project mm-hmm. is on it your back as a producer <laughs> you know and I, and I love it though i love it because i can handle the pressure mm-hmm. uh, I, I've, I've met a lot of different producers on so many levels and a lot of them get so stressed out or cringe but my whole thing is like if you can't control the situation move on like stop dwelling on it stop you know mm-hmm. complaining about it don't yell about it like okay what else can we do about it like mm-hmm. and i mean i've got into it with a lot of producers but at the end of the day they respect me at the end of the day because i'm true i'm genuine i'm giving it to you straightforward you know i'm not gonna cut corners with you i'm not gonna you know try and smile in your face talk about you behind your back i'm literally gonna sit there and tell you like why do you keep sitting here dwelling in that situation like mm-hmm. we can't do anything about it we're not gonna change it we've learned from it let's move on Mm-hmm. Let's spend our time and energy somewhere else. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's, that's the bottom line. That's, that's true. The line. Yeah, there are certain things like you said you can't change, like the weather, for example. If it starts right. raining, I can't say you know I'm gonna just stop the rain exactly and then yeah. make this outdoor scene work right? because I need it to be sunny. Well, hey, first of all, you should have checked the weather, you know, beforehand to right. see exactly. if it's a chance of rain. Then you might want to push that to a different day. Mm-hmm. That's just a little note. <laughs> Um, but there, like you said, there are things that you can't change. If you can't change it, figure out how you can get 
the job done because in any business or in anything, you still got to get it done. You know, if you're a boss or if you have a deadline for something in any field, you got to get it done. If you're sick or you have a cold, like I've had to do shows and I am sick. I can barely talk, but I still have to perform. You know, the show has to go on. The project still needs to go on. So you figure it out. Don't get stuck on something. Figure it out. Exactly. Exactly. So with that, I know we already mentioned even your journey. Moving here was a challenge. Mm -hmm. What about a project that you've worked on that was challenging and maybe you got stuck on something and said, man, I quit this project or you wanted to quit or you wanted to do something. What was that project and how did you, you know, fix it or move for or learn from that experience? crazy because actually personally I've never had that experience until this previous project mm-hmm. yeah like I mean just getting into it with you know other producers back and forth you know it was just tough like I mean because at times I'm thinking like I'm trying to do everything I can but like I guess it, it may not be good enough so at that point I guess I had just reached a level because I'm the type of person where you know, I'll let you pretty much talk however you want. Now, I, I may stop and correct you, you know, if, if it gets a little out of control, but I let you pretty much dig your own hole at mm-hmm. the end of the day. And then when it's all said and done, when I can come back, I'm going to come back with you with some facts, let you know, okay, I have a track record of everything. I've been keeping contact with everything and jot everything down so I can come back to you with actual facts. And, I mean, it was like literally I, I was ready to just walk away from it all. Like, and literally, because I was like, man, like, what am I going to do? Because this is the person I've been working with the most, and the company I've been working with the most. And I had to reach out to um, my other mentor who basically told me, well, Jovan, like, you're going to do some great things, but you need to actually just step away from negative situations and actually pursue you know, everything you've been speaking to me about. Like, you know, that you're holding yourself back at the end mm. of the day. And ask yourself, like, you have to ask yourself with every project, and if it's a bad situation, like the previous situation, even though it turned out good in the end, just going through the motions, I have to ask myself, is it worth it? And you have to ask yourself, is it worth it for you, and what is this going to do for you, your career? At the end of the day, like, you have to feel confident with that. So I guess I could say that that's been my most biggest struggle I prayed about it, prayed about it over and over, and I think I'm in a better place right now. But honestly, that would have to be the only moment because every project I step onto, I make it a great time. Mm-hmm. I turn the situation around. Mm-hmm. But just this particular time, like I didn't want to turn it around. Like I was, I was pretty much through. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but you learn from it. I think that's the biggest thing is like, you know, regardless about when situations get tough or when they're great, you know, A, why was it great? You know, and how to repeat that greatness. Yeah. Or if it was bad, why was it bad and how not to make it bad in the future. Right. So, mm-hmm. but I feel like you have to have that experience that you recently had. Because exactly. if not, how are you going to learn from it? Because exactly. it's going to pop up yeah. one way or another. <laughs> the challenges are going to be there. Right. <laughs> and you just want it on something that, you know, that you learn from early on as opposed to later on. So, but that's good. But um, <clears throat> tell me, who do you want to work with professionally? Are there certain people that you're like, okay, in my career, I want to work with this, this person, and that person? Okay. If any. Hmm, let's see. Honestly, I'm not that type of person, mm-hmm. to be honest. Like, and it could be from a director, yeah. actor, or whoever. Any. Yeah, 
uh, I, honestly, for me, I'm I'm not like that. I, honestly, I would love to be, you know, on a set with uh, Michael Bay. I, I love his films, mm-hmm. not just because he's a you know a big, you know, shot director. Like I'm just hopping on the bandwagon. Like no, I just like his shooting style. It excites me. And I like action movies at the same time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for me, like. I want to make a name for myself and I want to build with myself and allow my circle to grow to where they're calling to ask to be on a project I'm producing, you know? Mm -hmm. So that's the kind of, you know, where I'm trying to move forward to. Uh, But outside of that, uh, honestly, any opportunity for me is is just perfect. It'll be a blessing. So, and I think that I'm moving forward towards working with, you know, some greats. But, I mean, at the same time, I mean, it's a waiting game. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. true. Now, I know you were saying, you know, you want to create projects that, you know, people are reaching out to you for, like, oh, I'd love to work on this project. You know, so what is the legacy or mark that you want to leave on the entertainment business? When people look back at the end of the day, they say, that's it. We could tell his work, we know him, his style, or his persona in this business. I want to be remembered as that guy who uh, they look back and said, "Yeah, some really nice pants." No, <laughs> he was a gentleman. There you go. I no, like no. his. Where did he get those from? <laughs> or that tie? No, who that, tie? That was one of my favorite movies, Pursuit of Happiness. Yeah, so I was just thinking about that when you said that. But, but no, I just, I just want to really be looked at as a, a guy who was uh, a gentleman, very you know, genuine. Uh, a guy who, uh, where people love to work with, mm-hmm. love to come to work. You know, I, I think I heard a friend of mine say that Clint Eastwood, uh, he walks on his sets, and literally when he comes on, like it's a breath of fresh air. Mm-hmm. And they said they're only there to get the work done, and when he's got when he's, what, what he needs, everybody's released. Like that. They said at most they may be on set for six hours because he comes on set, he gets exactly what he needs, he's like moving on. And I mm. want to kind of be remembered as that type of person, very genuine. I, I hear too often where they're like, oh, this director is, you know, super mean. Or, and thing I do hate the most, I will say this, everybody's like mean to the PAs or just like get the PA to do it. Like like he's a slave or something. Mm-hmm. Like I hate that. I hate that with a passion. On my projects in general, like I'll ask, what do, I, what do you need? What can I do for you? Mm-hmm. You know, because you want to create a circle of, uh, people who want to work for you, who want to actually do things for you mm-hmm. and get them done. And that you can trust that when you turn your back and leave, they're going to get the job done. They're not going to be talking about you behind your back. What they are going to be doing is expressing to their friends, their colleagues, how good of a person you are to work with. And then your phone, your email is going to be blowing up because they're going to want to meet this guy. They're going to want to work with you. Mm-hmm. That's what I want to create. And that's what I want to leave that legacy behind. Mm-hmm. I like that. Because, you know, at the end of the day, you never know where people are going to be, too. Yep. You know, that's just like from a casting or anything professionally. That PA, you know, could be the next producer, the next director, the next mm-hmm. studio head. You don't know. Exactly. And your reputation with people, like, or how you carry yourself, it, it spreads. Yes. You know, and people talk. Exactly. You know, afterwards it's like, oh my gosh, that dude was a douchebag. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want to work with him, like, exactly. or whatever so it is. Many situations like that. Yeah. yeah. I agree. Mm-hmm. And like you said, six hours too, that's not bad. So, people in entertainment, if you're not in entertainment yeah. business, six hours is great. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that is a nice day because you could be on set for 12 hours plus. 
So you have an enjoyable six hours with someone, that's, hey, you're winning in that one. Um, but what, what motivates you to get into this business or what motivates you to drive just to keep working? Cause this is like, it's a freelance mm-hmm. position in a sense, unless yeah. you're, you know, like I said, working at a studio or executive head. Uh, what pretty much drives me the most is, <clears throat> excuse me, is that I don't want to, okay. So how I look at it is in life, I want to create a foundation. I, I, I picture it like. My life is like building a house, like from the ground up, you know, you have the land, your foundation, you know, you're actually, you know, searching out there for a career opportunity that's right for you, that you're going to love, you're going to wake up to. And at the end of the day, they always say, if you find a job where it doesn't feel like work, that's your calling, you know. So once you find that, like, now you got to create the, the foundation, you have to start learning the necessary skills your mindset that's going to help you succeed in that industry. And then from there, like, honestly, for me, it's about growing. And it takes, you know, every single brick over and over. Like, it's every single job, every single person you meet, you know. But working out, like, all these intricates help develop you and the mm-hmm. person you are going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, so with that being said, just growing as a person and developing myself in the mindset of, okay, like, I feel like I can really, you know, be these very same people on TV that I see, but I also think about, like, oh, like, oh, their head's blown up, or oh, they made it too fast, or something, because everybody's journey is different, so I want to pretty much create, uh, I want to say this, I'm sorry. Like a lot of thoughts going in my head at times. Good, yeah. Time. <laughs> it happens. Like, yeah, it happens. So, <clears throat> but that drive is just knowing that I want to pretty much like retire my mom's. You mm-hmm. know, I don't want to be working like after forty. Like I want to be able to to where the phone calls are coming into me, and all I have to do is just hire the crew or do or whatever I'm involved with. You mm-hmm. know, I don't have to work as hard anymore. You know, so what motivates me is just knowing that, like, when you walk around these streets or just drive around these streets, there's so many homeless people out here, and you have to know that they probably came for the very same dream. Mm-hmm. And it just ended up that way. And, and as sad as it may be, that's motivation all in its own. You know, it's motivation all in its own. And just knowing that you want to grind hard, you want to move yourself further, because the fact that you came out here to accomplish something. I mean, you can pick up a job at McDonald's back home and be close to your family. Mm-hmm. We all would. You know, we would be close to our family. But at the end of the day, you came out here to accomplish something. So stick with it. And it may get tough, but at the end of the day, God's not going to make it easy. Mm-hmm. Not going to make it easy. Mm-hmm. And, but you have to ride it out and don't give up. And just be prepared when the opportunity comes. Mm-hmm. That's true. Preaching a little bit. Go ahead. <laughs> on a what's this day? On a, on a Thursday. Right, right, right. Y'all didn't expect that, did you? Right. A little sermon on a Thursday for you. <laughs> oh, I think that's from the the bucket. But I got that. Yeah, that's the water thing over there too. Yeah, but good looking out. <laughs> um, now I know you were saying even you know when you go back home, you know you feel like people you know notice that you're you're different. You changed. Mm-hmm. Uh, so let's go back to the beginning, way back right. before you moved out. Like okay. little Javon, okay. what, what were you like growing up? What was what was your personality? What kind of kid were you? That's funny. I think 
that's that's great for me because I can answer that question fully because my mother used to document me from birth. Mm. So I actually still have the video and I can pop it and I can watch it and I can see myself. I mean, you know, after you, after your toddler years, like you forget everything, yeah. you know, like and unless you see pictures or something, you don't know. But I know everything, you know. I was a fat little roly little piece of thing ever. Like it's just like yeah. it is to see me now. I'm like yeah, like. So what happened to all those rolls and everything? I mean, I had rolls for days all the way up in my shoulders and arms and legs. Like, you know, I was pudgy. Yeah, I was a real mischievous. Like, I would always uh, find my way in a cookie jar. Like, you know, I remember my mom used to always record me in a certain scene on her video that she um, captured. I would always be in my little... What are those little cart things or the, you know the Oh the little things where you're before you can walk you can stand or you're in it and you yeah, bounce like, around? You know, now nowadays it, technology has advanced and you know, like it's almost like kids are floating or something. But, yeah. You know, <laughs> but you know, you know, kids when I was young I had to move my feet. Yeah, it was like a little thing, yeah. you stick your legs in, you sit mm-hmm. in it, your feet are out and you have like little toys and stuff around it. Exactly. You know, yeah. She would be like, Javon, Javon, where you at? I would she just hear me and then <laughs> like and she would turn around. I got a mouth full of like just cookie stuff all over. And like, uh it was just yeah, I've I've had some experiences. My mom said like I was definitely into a lot of things. Uh I was very close to my parents. I I hated when they left. And mm-hmm. uh, I loved running around the house naked, she said. Like it was just like <laughs> It's like put some clothes on. Yeah, put some clothes on, you know. But she said I, I, I thought I was a very, you know, happy baby. I was, had a very um, great childhood. Mm-hmm. And to me, like, I spent those times outdoors and riding bikes and playing sports and mm-hmm. football and baseball and basketball and karate. She always kept me busy and active. Mm-hmm. And uh, she always wanted to try and surround me around other great kids that are doing things as well. And it kept me out of trouble. I mean, luckily, like, I've never smoked or actually, you know, been like an excessive drinker in my entire life. You know, so I mean that 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 alone is great. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't have any criminal records or anything like that. Uh, yeah, of course, you know we get into trouble as kids. Mm-hmm. You know, at the end of the day, but I mean it's nothing that hindered you know my growth. Mm-hmm. I was always told just growing up at a very young age, like I was so mature and like I was always yes ma'am, no ma'am, yes sir, no sir, all the time. Just being and my mother always taught me those things mm-hmm. and. It was weird because my punishments were always, my mother's a great actress. Mm-hmm. I would tell you that. Like, I remember getting in trouble at school at times, and then my mother would find out about it. You know, she'd give you that, you know, talk, you know, going home, and, you know, so sort of make sure you learn your lesson, eating dinner, we're laughing, you know, having a good time. Mm-hmm. You know, hit that shower, so I get that shower, she's like, you thought I forgot, didn't you? And I'm like... Why are you for real? She was like, Yeah, you thought I forgot. And I'm like, You are the greatest actress ever. Like, she's like, Yep. And this belt is about to show you. And I'm like, Come on. You thought you got away. Like, oh, she didn't. My mom don't know. I could get away with this. Like, it just seemed like she would just know every single thing. And, you know, I used to always be like, Ma, I hate you. You get on my nerves. Like, and all that. But, of course, we always come right back around because we Mm -hmm. want something. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, I'm sorry, you know, like, like, you know, can I go to, you know, because <laughs> you, know, cause you, you yeah. depend on your parents at times. And I wasn't the type to, you know, just go run in the streets or whatever, because, like, 
I knew I wanted better. I wanted more for myself. Mm -hmm. And my mom made sure she provided th those tools for me um, mm -hmm. growing up. And then, you know, even going to like sports, I still remember the time. I still blame her to this day. I have to say that. I you blame I still her. blame you I still for, blame this. Her for this. What you blame your mom for? What yeah. she do? You know, because when I was younger, <laughs> I was playing football. And see, in the South, like, we call it a pickup, get busted. That, and they That's may have called? different, yeah. They, oh. may, they may have different names for it mm -hmm. around the country, but it's literally like playing football with no pads. It's just like you know, just throw your shorts on, your, your shirt, shorts. and you just go out there, or you just yeah. have jeans on, and just come from school. And it's literally like all of us boys, like we throw the ball up. Whoever catches it has to run to the opposite side of the field without getting tackled. Mm -hmm. So, for me personally, as a kid, like I'm playing this game, of course, like. As adults now, we look back on it like, okay, I was stupid back then. I was just like really mischievous, just acting up. Like, but that game taught me to be real tough. I mean, real tough, because in my mindset was like, if I can go and I'm running hard at you and I can tackle you without pads on the football field, I'm lethal. Yeah. I thought I was unstoppable. Like, I'm a, you know, a like, weapon. I got yeah, this. I have a weapon. So you know, on the football field, like little Pee Wee, you know, I, I remember only being seventy pounds. Like, in, like, real small, but, like, I wasn't scared to go directly straight up with you. And, like, I would be, like, full force, like, just running at you, and I would attack. I would do everything it took. Yeah. Honestly, I would tackle you, surprisingly. They're like, that's a little dude. Oh, like, shit, he just put me to the ground. <laughs> you know, like, they had me playing, like, defensive end, and, uh -huh. like, normally defensive ends, like, in football are huge, you mm -hmm. know, but they knew that I would, like, literally run over somebody, you know, so... <laughs> The people in your but, team, they knew, but the people who didn't know, you were like, all right, exactly. we got them. Exactly. But then, you know, my grades had slipped, you know, and that very next season, my mom said I couldn't play. And it taught me a lot. I learned a lot. But then the very next season, my mom was like, okay, your grades are up, so you can play next season football. Mm -hmm. My mindset was different. Mm. Because when you take yourself away from being hit and getting used to being hit and actually hitting people on the football field, like I'm not being violent, but I just like the sport. Yeah, I just want to clear it up. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So I was almost scared to take hits. I was scared mm. to get dish hits. Like I was, and it took me out of that mindset. And like to me, like I always look back on it, like man, had you kept me at that, like I probably would have stayed at playing football. But I eventually just, uh, I played football. But I always said in the back of my mind, like, I'm not trying to get hurt. Mm. I'm not trying to get hurt. In football, you can get hurt. Exactly. I mean, I've seen it. I don't play football, yeah, but yeah. I've, I've seen yeah. proof, uh, evidence on football games <laughs> and heard, you know, heard the highlights <laughs> of athletes getting really hurt. So, yeah, you can get hurt. When you're young, though, and, and, and the way I was playing the sport, like, I enjoyed it so much that, like, of course, I wasn't thinking about getting hurt at those mm -hmm. times. And to me, it was like my mom's always giving me milk, so you know my bones are strong, mm -hmm. you know. And I had been in situations where I probably sh could have, should have broke something, but I didn't. So that made me feel like I was even You're more, more of a superhero. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, like I can go right at you, you know. Um, but then after that, it just forced me to like, okay, I think I'm rolling more into basketball more and more now, mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. my favorite. Mm -hmm. And. Like, that, that just changed me just forever. Mm -hmm. But, you know, moving on, just growing up, like, my mother punished me in so many different types of ways that I didn't understand to where I would get in trouble and, like, I would just sit at the table and, like, read a book to her at dinner time. 
Like, oh, that was one of the punishments? Yeah, like I had to read a book to her. Like, she'll pick the book and sit there and hmm. read it every single night to her. Like, out loud, like, not sitting there by myself. Yeah, yeah. we had to finish that book. You know, it made, I had to do chores around the house, of course, mowing the lawn, taking out the trash, cleaning up the house, or cleaning up my bathroom, my room, or she would go behind me and check it. Uh, because my, my father, he... He left us at a very young age. I'm still involved in my father's life, like, very actively. I mean, he, he left, and it, it, can't even get in that situation with him. I mean, my father is my father. I love him. That's just him, and he knows it, too. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, like, <laughs> I accept him for who he is, yeah, but I know, I know that's you. Yeah. yeah. So, but it's, my mother taught me a lot uh, just growing up, and definitely she always taught me the most important thing, which is... If you hit another woman, it's like you're hitting me. So, Or mm. if you disrespect another woman, it's like you're disrespecting me. Mm. Uh, always respecting your elders at the end of the day. And, you know, just always remember to stay humble. Mm-hmm. You know, because people remember, will remember you for um, those first impressions that you give them. And luckily, I always gave people great first impressions, and I was very um, mannerable with them. But at the same time, I was a kid. So I did get in trouble mm-hmm. at the end of the day. Um, but moving forward, I would say another turning point in my life is when we moved from Greensboro to Charlotte. Mm-hmm. Moved to Charlotte, and that was like a, a chain. It was like, okay, start fresh, start new, you know, meet some new people. You know, I'm about to be the star, you know. Like, yeah. But little did I know, like, Charlotte is one of, like, the biggest, like, cities that produces the most talent in North Carolina in mm. sports. So, you know, I'm thinking I'm going up in the... Like, oh, you were trying to take over in sports. Yeah, I'm about to okay. come up in here, you know, got my waves going at the time, mm-hmm. you know, finger waves. They used to call them finger waves. <laughs> yeah, I used to have girls come up behind me, literally, like, to pet my head. I was just like, okay. Like, but literally, when I'm just little, I'm like, okay, cool. You know, I got the girls rubbing my head. You know, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm good and everything. So, you know, I was just feeling myself back then. Yeah. You know, but. So, I know you said you did sports and football was your thing before basketball became your thing. So, when you're not working on a project, do you still play? Or what is, what are, people, what are you doing outside of the industry? What do you, like in your free time, what do you do? Almost what we're doing now. Okay. Like we're you be doing interviews? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm. I was kicking back. I'm. I'm, I'm relaxing a lot of times. Uh, I love watching, you know, movies. And a lot of people ask me, like, what types of movies do you like? I'm like, I will literally pop Netflix on, and I would just click the first movie and watch them all as they keep coming in because I love watching movies. I love seeing what's out there, and I'm always looking to see what I can do differently, how I can learn from that, you know. And, it, and, it's, and it's definitely been enjoyable for me. And I have people tell me, like, oh, so what do you think about the movie? I was like, it was good. It was like, so, so like, I mean, did, did you like this? Did you like that? I was like, it was good. Like, because for me, outside of the filmmaking process, when I'm just in my element, I just want to be a regular person and just watch the movie. Mm-hmm. I don't care about, like, oh, who is that? And that, oh, I knew that person. Oh, let me see the credit so I can do like unless I came there to support somebody's film like then I'll do that outside of that I just want to just enjoy the movie mm-hmm. you know like some people like go to the films films and watch them they're like oh hmm 
contrast was off. Mm, oh, they shot that. Like, and I'm like, I don't want to hear that. I just want to watch it. Like, <laughs> you just want to strictly like enjoy the film, exactly. or not enjoy it if it's a bad film. Exactly. Um, but outside of that, working out, I love working out. Uh, I will say, I consider myself to have a really great body up underneath my shirt, mm-hmm. and that motivates me because I never want to look in the mirror and see a uh, pudge. Mm-hmm. So you know, I always got to make sure I stay fit. Yeah, I was messing with them earlier. And I told, I meant to comment earlier, but I just had a weak signal where I was underneath one of his Instagram pictures and said, oh, it looks like you photoshopped some abs in this picture. But I was like, oh, there's a bunch of photoshopped abs in all these pictures. So they're not photoshopped. <laughs> I didn't think they were, but you know. So he does work out. And there's pictures of you in the gym, too. So you do work out. Yeah, Those are real abs. Real abs. <laughs> Definitely real abs. Yeah. Um, like I said, working out a lot of times, uh, hiking. I love traveling. Mm-hmm. Uh, being able to travel around and I want to actually venture more internationally but I would say out of 50 states I've literally have visited 46 oh, so sure. yeah I like that and I've driven across country three times well damn yeah, and luckily <laughs> I wasn't doing the driving mm-hmm. uh, yeah. when I moved here I flew and shipped, shipped my car so mm-hmm. I didn't have to worry about that so mm-hmm. I was like nope not driving that far I love driving don't get me wrong I love driving I love getting behind the wheel and sometimes I feel like I should have been in NASCAR sometime mm-hmm. but you know are you a speed that, demon? That, that, that might that might be like yeah a little bit but under control mm-hmm. though okay like, I've never been told like Nobody doesn't like my driving. Like, okay. You know, like, I remember uh, one of my friends, like, uh, my, when I was younger, her grandma was in the car, and, like, she was, like, you know, a little white lady, and she was, like, young man, I just want to tell you that I ride with a lot of people, and people can't drive, but I felt so comfortable in the car with you, and you were dodging and moving, but I felt perfectly fine. And, like, I think it's just one of those things where I'm, like, if I wanted to try that that sport out, like, oh, let me try and race. You know, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. I'll be walking into it, like, thinking my head is, like, well, my head would be completely huge, and yeah. I walk into it, and then really it will be, like, a reality check. Like, okay, all right, okay, maybe, you know, that really wasn't for me. I'm just yeah. I'm just a, a great driver, a yeah. bystander. You, know? you could try, though. I think they have facilities or places where you can actually, I guess, uh, simulate, you know, NASCAR driving experiences. Really? So. I'm, I think so. Okay. I don't. I, I haven't looked it up recently, but look into it. I will. Yeah, I just to will. try it. I you know, will. I definitely will. Just to see. You know, maybe that's another calling or a little side, right. a side I, job for I've you. I've done the um, like the whole go karts and stuff, and yeah. I would say I've never lost a race. So it's a challenge for anybody out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've never lost a race. So uh, if you want to um, strap up, get behind the wheel. You know, that's a challenge. All right, you've, you've been challenged, listeners. You've been challenged for go-kart racing experience with Jovan. Um, I know even earlier we were mentioning, like, going back to the roommate situation, you were saying eventually you guys want to, you know, he would probably want to, you know, get married, have kids and all that stuff, and same for yourself. So the other portion of the podcast, the love portion. <laughs> so is there someone in the picture that is leading towards that you know, I guess family and, you know, life goal for you or not right now or how's it looking? Yes, definitely. I would, I would definitely say that. And uh, like much like myself, she's an editor. Mm-hmm. And, you know, uh, like that is the person that pretty much takes up a lot more of my time mm-hmm. outside of, you know, work and everything. And uh, with that, I mean, it is a challenge. 
but she did like I said she understands my schedule a lot of times because I mean her schedule it can be the same as well mm-hmm. you know and like a lot of people tell me like man you just kind of got the whole package there because you know I'm producer, model, actor, you know, direct a little bit, and she's like, you know, editor and photographer as well, so it's like a huge combination, like, so, you know, as far as, like, all softwares, computers, technology, like, we have all of that, mm-hmm. like, it's like a working, you know, production company, it's just hard to get her on board, because, you know, she's a perfectionist. Uh, oh, to get her on board with projects that you're working on. Exactly. Oh, okay. Yeah, she's a perfectionist, you know. And I'm just like, okay, um, can can you do it? Like, because if you can't, then just, like, tell me. Like, you know, we're kind of feud about those types mm-hmm. of things, you know. Out of, you know, out of love and everything. But um, but that's a good thing to be a perfectionist, yeah. though. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a perfection. I mean, it's a good thing to an extent, mm-hmm. you know. But <laughs> when it's hindering it, uh, the progression Mm-hmm. Then you know, then I'm like, okay, I just gotta move on. Like, no offense, don't don't take it personal. Mm-hmm. And sometimes she does feel like that because she's always beating herself up, mm-hmm. you know, about that. And there's nothing wrong with her; she's perfectly fine. Yeah, yeah. yeah but at the end of the day, I kind of gotta motivate her. You know, she's trying to motivate me as well. I'm just the one that's more close-minded because I was always taught never reveal uh, your next move. When I say not, not in a relationship sense, but like. If it has to do with uh, a career change or like something you want to develop in life, like never reveal your next move. Always keep it to yourself because others can pretty much uh, not understand uh, what you're trying to accomplish and then probably trying to talk you out of it. So I pretty much show people rather than tell them. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like it's been uh, challenging dating someone that's in the business? As opposed to dating someone that's outside the business. Definitely not challenging dating someone in the business, outside of the business. It can be uh, definitely challenging, I would say, you know, in my past. Because, you know, people don't understand. It's like they want to be involved in that life. They want to be with you with that journey. But when you're actually working those long hours and you're all over, it just mm-hmm. gets like, oh, what were you doing? Like, okay, like, you said you don't have to, like, but things constantly change. I have mm-hmm. to keep constantly, you know, explaining myself or, you know, placing validation. Like, oh, I was here because of X, Y, and Z. Like, oh, but I did this. But, oh, but why didn't you tell me that? I, was like, I don't have time to do that at times. Mm-hmm. I need you to understand that. And see, me in general, I'm a faithful man, like 100% down to the T, you know, uh, and most women always tell me all the time, like, when I was single, like, okay, why are you single? Like, like what what is going on here? Like, is something wrong with you? Like, mm-hmm. you know, what is going on here? Like, yeah. there's nothing wrong with me. You women are crazy. Like, <laughs> <laughs> he said, I'm not crazy. Yeah. You're crazy. You're crazy. <laughs> you know, so that, that's been my, you know, biggest thing. I think that I'm a relationship guru. I do say that. Mm-hmm. I think that I can solve any problem because a lot of things you can solve with communication. Mm-hmm. That's that's all it is at the end of the day. You get an argument it's just because somebody you know misunderstood something and like you guys can talk about it, get it, grasp it, move on. But the argument starts because of the fact that one person doesn't want to do that. They want to keep talking to them, keep, keep dwelling on it, and it's like, mm-hmm. okay, all right, let's stop. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's true. So tell us, we're going to wrap it up. I want you to tell us where uh, 
again, the project that you're working on right now, and then where listeners can stay up to date with you on social media. I know we talk about certain social media that you don't always use that frequently, so the ones that you do use. All right, well, first of all, I guess we'll start with where you go. Um, I am on Instagram. Mm-hmm. It's underscore J Warren underscore. Also on Facebook, it's just my name, Jovan Warren. Uh, not on Twitter. I think I do have an account, but I just stopped using it because I hate pretty much always telling my every single move or what I'm doing all the time. And uh, and then uh, I'm on Snapchat, but a lot of it is just to be nosy at people because I'm like, unless unless I make something really exciting. But other than that, I try to not let everybody know everything that I'm doing because I want my life to be private. Mm-hmm. And, and it's the reason why I like producing, you know, because, yeah, I can be somebody great, but I don't have to be this, you know, Leonardo DiCaprio, Will Smith, to where they have to live private lives for that, you know. I can be that guy walking by, and I've worked on pretty lots of projects, be a millionaire. You don't even know it, mm-hmm. you know. But I, I mess that up the way I dress sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they're like, wait a minute, yeah. but them pants though. Exactly. <laughs> but those pants though, where he get them pants from? <laughs> um, like I said, moving forward. Um, there's actually a lot of projects that I'm trying to uh, pretty much go through right now to develop. Uh, my, my biggest baby right now is I, I pretty much met Chinese investor. Mm-hmm. So that's, yep, stay tuned for that because, yeah, that's really where a lot of my projects are going to start getting funded through. Mm-hmm. So, and that, that would be a topic for another time. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, please stay tuned. Mm-hmm. And, uh, September, we're going to be having a lot of things um moving forward especially with the car so stay tuned with that and that project mm-hmm. uh, it's going to be a, I haven't came up with the name so maybe listeners you guys can uh, help me with that okay uh, on, on my site as well so yeah look forward cool sounds good sounds good and I remember we were talking about the investing the last time too so keep up to date it's like just a little little seed planted so you guys can uh, you know keep up and try to figure out what that project is but it's like a stay tuned yes uh, on Twitter, it is Bacon Eating Megan. So, eating no G. And then <laughs> everyone, like, there's always it. a reaction every time I say it. Yeah. Uh, are we doing a song for it? Oh, okay. Yeah, a little dance moves to it. Okay, so, yeah, you know, sing it, dance to it. But, you know, you remember. There's a picture of you eating bacon. There is. There is a picture of me eating bacon. Awesome. Yeah. And then on Facebook, it is Megan A. Weaver, same as Instagram and Snapchat. I think I stopped there because, yeah. you know, you got you to gotta draw the line you somewhere because, you like you to. said, you can't, I can't let you know I'm doing every moment of my life. Exactly. exactly. You know? But, I, yeah. I like the suspense and just pretty much working hard and then letting you see the fruits of the labor after it's all done. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Cool. So, thank you for being on the show. Hopefully, you enjoy this nice Stella Rose that you have for the first time. That was good. See? That was wonderful. All right, guys. Until next time. Bye. See ya.